You did. No problem. Hello. It's yeah. okay. Are you all right? Did you? Yes. Okay. Great to see you. And then you, did you notice okay. that, that was like a cute, did you, that was a, what a charming way you shook my hand. You kind of stood up a little bit. Oh. Like I was a lady and you were a gentleman. And I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was very presidential. presidential that felt great part, to me. Yes. Hand me your baby. Hand me your baby. <laughs> That's Rhea Butcher. Hey. That's Cameron Esposito. Hello. Hello. I feel like I got a softer applause, that. but longer. Yeah. If you just want to kind of, I don't know, that was it. That's, in, that's interest. I am kind of, I mean, you know what I mean? Um, let's talk about body types and how they would be represented by applause. It's great to sure. see you, San Francisco. <laughs> it's really nice to see you. We got in last night. We did. We got in last. Give what it a, up I for love getting in last night. A <laughs> lot of fans of last night, right there. A lot of fans of previous. Couple of last yeah. evening entry. We're like I hate tonight. Last night, fucking amazing. Tomorrow, pretty good. But now I'm doing this. That's cool. That's cool. Night. That's cool. No problem. Yeah, last night was uh, awesome. It was it's a good night. So we, good when you get in last night. We got in last night because we were at Stanford. We were. Performing and then also teaching a class. And I just want you guys to know that I applied to Stanford and did not get in. And if you just wait 16 years, they will fucking pay you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a wa- there was a wall of visiting artists and I signed right below slash slightly on top of Spike Lee's name. Just to kind of put us in the same arena, you know, just like in terms of our cultural relevance. Yeah, in the garden. You guys are in the garden together. Yes, exactly. Same arena, he likes basketball. Come on, guys. I was just yes ending you. I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. <laughs> they didn't either. No. <laughs> we lost everybody. Hey, we did. So we are, what are, well, first of all, there's amazing comics on the show tonight. We're so happy mm-hmm. that they're here and you can, you can go ahead and applaud for them. Yeah, go ahead. And put your hands together for them. So nice to have them here. We are amazing comics. We are the two of us very talented comics, both very talented comics. We really like each other's comedy, funny people, charismatic, talented. But also, obviously, uh, lesbians, yes, 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 for, for sure. That's all happening. Yeah. Le- oh, le- more fans for lesbians than last night. Yeah. That's yeah. the way it should be. Right. Um, no, I just mean not like last, like it. No, la- I mean then the concept of last night that I talked about earlier. Still the same number of people liked lesbians last night. I don't, I came out weird. Like last night, nobody liked lesbians, but today they do. All Actually, this is 100% true. Last night we true. went to see Carol, yes, so a ton of people there liked lesbians. Um, and it was last night. So. Yeah, it was really fucking good. You should go see that movie. You should go see it. Go see that movie. It's so nice to see lesbian cinema. Sure. Oh. <laughs> Just for once to get a boner in public. You know what I yeah. mean? 
I go to your movies and I am unaffected. <laughs> so it's nice to see like a deep Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara connection and then yeah. just feel... There's so many coats. Yeah, that know. I wished... Wearing a lot of coats. Yeah. I mean, just I'm wearing really two shirts, so it's accurate, you know? You know, we were at home over Christmas and my dad saw you wearing, oh, we are wives. That's what we were trying we're to get. wives. Yes, that's new. <laughs> it is new. That's new. We got married less than a month ago. We got married less yeah. than a month ago. Oh. Thank you. I have diamonds in mine because um, I'm more important. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that was like legit stressful picking in the ring that I wanted to wear because yeah. I said to my sister, I was like, I had to figure out like exactly what ring I wanted to have because I work with my hands and she <laughs> laughed at me and told me I didn't work with my hands. <laughs> and I was like, number one, yes I do. Look at all these gestures. Number two, 90% of being a lesbian is working with your hands, right? Okay, shut up, shut up. No, agree with me, I agree. Um, <laughs> But like gender-wise, you knew you wanted just plain gold. Yes. Because you wanted to kind of... Uh, Fit with the whole aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give me yeah. a band. Right, exactly. Actually, like, you know what would have meant... I think if... I don't want to... But if you ever lose that one, I think make your own, carve your own out of wood. Sure. Yeah, I'll carve mine out of wood. Make a fire. Or maybe I'll... And then use the cinders. Yeah. Use the cinders. To make, to make a, a new a ring. Ring. Yeah. Cinder ring. No, that's not gonna work. Yeah. Maybe I'll just make a ring out of jackets. Yep. But, um. Oh, yeah, we were at home over Christmas, yes. and my dad saw you wearing a shirt. Because you're wearing a collared shirt with another collared shirt on top of it as a choice. Yes. I chose this. And my dad saw that, and he was like, that. I, I love that look! I wear that all the time! Yeah, he does. That was very cute. I don't know that I ever, when I was coming out, and my dad was upset about it at the time because I'm from a conservative Catholic family, I don't know that I ever foresaw that moment when he was like, we're the same, you know, for, to yeah. my wife. You can't really plan those. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think the first, actually the first one I did, it was like very, that he met, sure. was very, very hyper-feminine. And then he liked her. It was like the first time he kind of got over what was going on with me that I was dating women forever and that that was going to be true. And I think it's because he met that girlfriend and he was like, oh, <laughs> nice job. <laughs> Which is gross, a little gross. Super gross. Actually, it's much better for him to be like, nice collars. Like You're like, good collars. You guys want to go shopping? You and me want to go shopping? Like that yeah. feels... More comfortable. more comfortable. Yeah, that's more comfortable. <laughs> and thank God, like, you didn't... Thank God I met you after that person, too, because sure. that is also the person that my dad said, I like her so much, it feels like I have a fourth daughter. Yeah. And I was like, thank you, but that is not how I feel about <laughs> her. She is not my sister. Never feel like we're sisters. <laughs> Never. 
Do I feel like we're sisters? <laughs> Although that's not the first time that that has been a thing, a theme. No. My first girlfriend ever, when I was in college, my first girlfriend, we were coming out at Boston College, which is very conservative Catholic college. People assumed that we were sisters because we wore umbros. Yes. <laughs> but the amazing part about this is she's Korean. Yeah. And I'm not saying not that, that adoption isn't a thing. It is. Absolutely a white girl yeah. and an Asian girl could be siblings. But I'm just saying if you see a white girl with an Asian girl and they're both wearing umbros and they're holding hands, I don't think your first idea should be like, oh, they share parents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, I'm not your first girlfriend. No. Yeah. I'm not your first. Wait, we are. Well, I, I, we covered that. a bunch of them. Yeah, 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 we got that. I just wanted to include you so that sure. the people here knew, like, that you had a sordid past as well. Yeah, I have a sordid past. <laughs> <sighs> so, Rhea, what's yes, marriage like? Oh, well, marriage is fun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of flying on p- planes and being like, I'll have the Diet Coke, please. What's your arm doing? Showing off my ring. Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> so this is T-Rex. how... Yeah, right. I thought, you, I thought you were ordering a Diet Coke on a plane while playing a claw machine. <laughs> yeah, that's and I was what like, I that seems like a cool plane. I bet Jennifer Aniston would love that plane. And that's an Emirates <laughs> joke yeah. about that commercial where she wonders where the shower is. She's so mad and some of no you guys shower. don't know what I'm talking about, but it's fucking brilliant what I just said. <laughs> so on the nose. If you followed that at all, amazing job out of yeah. me in really pulling that Great together. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're our, uh, do you want to talk about dads? Because I talked about my dad. Sure, do you want to talk about your about dad dads. at all? Yeah, I mean, my dad is um, six foot two. Uh, did a lot of HVAC, heating and cooling, installation. Yes. Tall guy. Yes. Uh, he was at our, our wedding. He did come to our which wedding. It was a big surprise. We weren't didn't sure. Know gonna, didn't know he was going to come. That was really he, nice to uh, have him. Drove in same day, stopped at a Home Depot parking lot, and changed into his wedding clothes. That's right. <laughs> well, he feels comfortable at the depot. That's you know? where he feels good about himself. In well, he's like Home Depot, home you know? Depot. Yeah. Wouldn't want to go in. Right. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't do that at a Lowe's. Absolutely not. I mean, that's... It's a Walton company, so you wouldn't <laughs> want to get in there. So you... Your dad came to the wedding. He changed at the Home Depot. He did, yes. Yeah. Um, and did, did you like having him there? Like, Did yeah, you feel like it went okay? Yeah, I felt like it went pretty good. And part of this isn't... I also don't... This isn't like because Rhea... He doesn't object to who you are as a no, person. No, no, no. Not at all. We're just very... Uh, l- Lonesome folks, I guess. We're cowpokes out on the range, kind of a thing. <laughs> Where he was like, I guess I can come in for that. Well, wait, he said that, but then also, what was the first thing he said when you told him about the date of our wedding? Like oh. six months prior to our wedding. Do you remember that he said, I don't know what I'm going to oh, be yeah. up to? Yeah. I was like, I can't plan on it. Uh, it's going to be in December. Uh, so do you think you could? He's like, well, pfft. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I think you're going to be going to my wedding. Yeah, you could make a plan to do this, and then you would know. Plan. (laughs) (laughs) 
he's he's actually we get along really well yeah you do your your dad and i get along really well i I really like him yeah um and it, it is he's intimidating yes very intimidating the first time i met ria's dad he was cleaning his gun his handgun at the kitchen table which is the room you enter when yes. you enter his house. And he did know we were coming. Right then. At that exact time. I think I called him on five that day. minutes prior. We're right like, we're outside. Way. And then he was, and like, he was like, oh, better, better get my, my gun. gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cool guy. We have different dads. Very different dads. Yeah. You have that dad. I have a dad that he told me I'm not allowed to say this on stage anymore, but he's not fucking here, and he doesn't know what podcasts are, so I have a small Italian crying dad. Yeah. That's the varietal He dad. cries because he loves you so much, and he told me he didn't want me to say that anymore, and you know what he was doing when he asked me? He was... Crying. Yeah, he, he was, was crying, crying when he... Absolutely. He sang a song at our wedding, which was very cute. He My dad sing loves to sing. Mm-hmm. He sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow. His choice. He picked it. Yeah. He called me. This is the dad I have. He called me and was like, okay, I don't mean to stress you out, but can I sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow at your wedding? <laughs> And he called me from work where he is a lawyer. Like, yes. he, you know. So, like, my dad may be into construction, but your dad yeah. hits the nail on the head every yeah, time. Yeah, 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 he does. He's so great. He's so great. Sometime a couple of years ago, he set his phone so that his, because he's a lawyer, I think he thought this would make everything look a lot more official. Sure. He set his phone so that when he sends a text, a text it has a signature which I didn't even know you could do. <laughs> Actually, I don't know how he did I it. Can't, so I can't it, it, it will either. be like, it, the text will be like, you know, like your mom and I really love you, crying emoji. And then it will say, it'll be like, you know, Full name. Mr. Esposito, Esquire, attorney at law. <laughs> but then if you continue to text him, the signature is on every, every text. Every single text. 5 p.m., Mr. Esposito, Esquire. Like, <laughs> How are you, Mr. Esposito? It's <laughs> pretty cute. Dads are cute. Dads are cute. One day we might be dads. We might be dads. <laughs> we have a dog now. We do have kind a dog. Of like dog dads, right? Yeah, now. we are kind of like dog dads. Yes. And I feel like I would be ready to like train a child. <laughs> train? <laughs> having been through the stuff that we've been through with our dog and like also sure, just yeah. knowing you, you're like, you're a great partner. I know yeah, yeah. we would raise a great child together. Yeah. The you problem just... is it's like, where are we going to get that child? Right. How are we going to get this? How are we going to get this child? How are we going to find one? Yeah. <laughs> I really, I do wish that human adoption was as easy as dog adoption. True. We found our dog, we on, dog Instagram. on Instagram. <laughs> that would be so awesome. I wish it was just wearing a, a denim vest and a friend of ours tagged us in the picture and said, you guys should have this dog. And they didn't know that we were looking for a dog. But then the universe was like, you guys should have this dog wearing denim vest. I was like, of course. So my point is, why isn't that happening with children? Yeah. Kidstagram. Put a baby in a, gen- in a denim vest. Yeah, Kidstagram yeah. would be perfect. Yeah. 
Maybe we would, maybe I would. Well, where are you at this, on, the, on this right now? I know I'm thinking about it. Are you I mean, thinking I'm, about it? I'm not pregnant now, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm not, not even not after with, last night after we got you. home from Carol. <laughs> Guys, that's not how it works. I couldn't serious... have done it. I would have had to order something. Mm-hmm. I don't travel through the TSA with that. <laughs> With the movie Carol. But what if you did? No, imagine. Can you? What? What if I as just was imagining? Three ounces. Yeah, three ounces. I think you're fine. And you're like, that deserves its own tray. <laughs> yeah. And I then you definitely that. x-ray that. That'll be good for those yeah, babies. Yeah, put it right through that x-ray. Take a little spermy. Look through it. But then one of the sperm ate a sandwich, and the it doesn't matter. Right. The X-ray. I, it, one of the sperms forgot to take its keys out of its. Yeah, yeah, he's got keys. Like, little sperm's like, sorry. <laughs> we have to try this. Getting X-raying sperm on a plane. <laughs> yeah. And then we we're like, we're trying to get. We're trying to. We're trying solidify. to solidify. We want a baby, and we also want to be in the Mile High Club. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. <laughs> it's like such a process. Yeah. Like base dirt. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. like such a huge thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. I might. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about having a baby grow in my body. We've talked about this. This we isn't the first time she's hearing this. <laughs> Oh, it would be genuinely a weird choice. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. How do you feel about it? No, um, I'm uh, thinking about it. And I think one thing that is interesting about it is just the job aspect. Sure. The job of carrying a baby? Well, yeah, no. I mean, like, that's hard work. But I just mean that this is my job. And I mean, yeah, I get it. I'm wearing kind of a loose shirt. But at the same time, like, it's a lot of planes. It's a lot of hotel rooms. And I don't think that's... I don't feel like you want to do that while you're pregnant. But I want to do it just to be able to be a stand-up comic that's touring while pregnant. Sure. Like, I want to be, like, it's, doesn't it, that's the ultimate fuck you, isn't it? To just, like, white, heteronormative, yeah, because white people aren't pregnant. No, what I mean is, (laughs) straight white dudes and their preponderance in stand-up comedy would be put to the task yeah. by my pregnant body and I would anticipate that I would perform in a bikini the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but then what if I just didn't ever talk about it? Sure, what's yeah. funnier? What's funnier? One hour of pregnancy material? Just like really being raw about it? Or, yeah, never say a goddamn right. word. Just one hour of like, man, my ankles are really big. Right, right, right. I, like, can't even hold the microphone. <laughs> but I do, I want to do that. I want to, like, travel. I want to, like, tape a special when I'm pregnant. And I can't wait to tell my child that that's the reason I had it. <laughs> it was good for my career. Like, straight up, nobody had done it. So go with the nanny. Um, you guys, I'm Cameron Esposito. This, that's Rhea this Butcher. This is Rhea Butcher. You pointed at me. <laughs> We're very funny. We're very funny. But the show is also amazing that you're about to see. Our first pal, he is a pal of ours. You might know him from his hit podcast, Who Charted, that we love. Let's hear right now, guys, for Howard Kremer. Give it up for Howard. 
Hi. Oh, hi. How are you guys doing? Nice. Good to see you. I, um, I got an H. My name's Howard. <laughs> Sounds great. Hey, guys, uh, I Ubered over here. That's how I got here. Anybody else? Where's my Uber people? It was great. I love it. You know what? what uh, I do the Spotify with it. I hook the Spotify to the Uber. Then I get in the Uber, and I'm the DJ. I get to be the DJ. So what I did was I uh, downloaded a bunch of xenophobic hate speeches. <laughs> and um, I get into the car. Hey, buddy, where are you from? And then uh, I get into Wiki, find out their enemies. We have a good time. I like to touch every Uber driver. Touch them, get involved, make sure it's real. Make sure it's not the ghost of my Uber driver. I like to engage them, I'll talk to them. Hey, what wild animals do they have in your homeland? You know what they have in Iran? Meerkats. You don't think of cute when you think, Iran, but that's what they have over there, gang. <laughs> I'm a back right kind of guy. I don't understand people who get into the Uber in the front. I don't understand that. It's not your buddy. I don't want to see his legs. I don't want to know what's going on up on the dash. I sit in the back right. And um, sometimes halfway through the trip, I'll say, driver, pull over. And then I get out of the car, and then I walk behind, get in on the left, right behind him. Okay, driver, let's proceed. <laughs> Keep them on their toes, gang. Don't let them get complacent. Uh, it's a cool design, but take it down, San Francisco. Take down your Confederate flags. Take them, it's time, take them down. I hear you, it's a cool design if you don't think about the ideology. It's cool looking, but it's time to go. Just like that swastika for those Nazis. That's a cool looking design if you, if you don't think about it. I have a lot of gay people in my life Friends, relatives, colleagues. That flag. It takes hateful people to make a cool flag. That's what I'm saying, San Francisco. <laughs> that gay flag is a little bit of a mail-in job. Bright colors, I like it. I love the ideology. I love the symbolism. But come on, if Tim Gunn saw that flag, he would diss it. You guys could do better. You're a creative demographic. Put in the sweat, put in the toil. Get yourself a flag that I can stand behind. Thank you, gang. Thank you so much. I'm pro-concussion, how about that? 
I used to be a normal guy. In junior high, I got into a fight in the woods behind my middle school. I got punched in the head six times right there. Started seeing double. After that fight, I could think out of the box. I could be creative. I think it helped me. I think it knocked something loose. Put me onto this track in life. Which is working out so great. Especially right now. You guys are cute, I like you, you're probably not into me. That's cool, maybe I'm not into you. I like chicks with concussions. I, after the show, I'm gonna get on concussionmingle.com and I'm gonna find someone who understands me. Hey gang, what's going on? Taylor Swift. You guys like her? She's inclusive, that's why I brought her up. She, she tries to include everybody. She's, that, she's the host at the party who introduces everybody. She started off in country, now she's pop. She's a chameleon. She started off in country, she was the girl sitting on the bleachers in that song, where she, she, lost, the, she lost the guy to the hot girl. Taylor Swift was crying on the bleachers because the hot girl got the guy. Show me that high school where Taylor Swift is the ugly chick. I will quit comedy right now and become a substitute teacher. What's with that weird new substitute? I think he's hitting on the ugly trick over there on the bleachers. <laughs> What's wrong with that guy's self-esteem? You could do a little bit better than ugly Taylor sitting on the bleachers. I saw you do that, that's okay. Your drink got halfway low and you started sipping out of your boyfriend's drink, which is empty. <laughs> you emptied it. Um, Cameron's dad loves me uh, whenever I go visit. Um, he loves me coming over there. Sorry guys, just trying to become part of the show earlier. You guys don't wanna go back, you wanna go forward, I like it. Progressive, San Francisco. Let it die down. Okay, they're ready for another one. <laughs> I'll tell you a little about myself, gang. I, uh, I got my finger on the pulse of youth culture. One Direction, I know about them. Who wants to talk about it? Fourth of July, my friend was playing with fireworks. He blew off one of the fingers on his hand. And now, whenever I look at his hand, all I could think about is One Direction. He blew off the Zane finger, guys. I look at his hand and I'm, I don't know. Cobbs, what's up? I could be any villain in the movie Taken. Thank you. If your daughter gets stolen, just fly over to Bulgaria Beat the shit out of the first 50 guys that look like me. 
you get your daughter back. I love these films, you guys, but they're so long. Are you with me? These movies are so long, gang. They're too damn long. I went to see uh, Spectre. Did you see that? Spectre? Two and a half hours long. My ass bonded to my seat. I went to see Straight Outta Compton. Do you guys see that? Thing was two and a half hours. NWA doesn't even have two and a half hours worth of music. <laughs> that thing was two and a half hours. I was straight out of popcorn. <laughs> See Star Wars? Thing was two, two and a half hours. I forget what I was going to say about that. Um, did you guys see Peanuts movie? <laughs> Why? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Peanuts with audio is creepy, right? I don't mind them in the newspaper. The second they start talking, you hear that teacher, the sad piano, I'm out of there. <laughs> did you guys see Hateful Eight? It's like two and a half hours long, that movie. I ate to sit in a movie that long. Could you get on Rotten Tomatoes? What, what came out this week? I, I think I can. It's Friday. It's opening day. I can do it. What is it? Inside Out. Inside Out? Did you guys see Inside Out? What's that about? Animated? Oh, the shit in the brain. Um... All right, help me, because I'm going to close on this, so, like, you know what I mean? If you have a good one, you see me working up here trying to think of one. My, what is it? No, I'm going to do it inside out, but I have to write it, and uh, it's not going well. Does anyone have a good one? Okay. Did you guys see inside out? It was two and a half hours. Um... I, it was, the movie was so long, I, I peed myself. I had to turn my pants inside out. Wow, wow. Thank you so much, Combs. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Here comes Rhea and Cameron. Howard Kramer, you guys. Let him hear one more time. Thank you, Howard. I love Howard's hat. It's a good hat. You guys should all go get that hat. Let's see, it's Christmas. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> Tepid at best. <laughs> San Francisco's like, we don't like Christmas here. We like leaving our doors open to experience the cold weather, but we do not like Christmas. I've noticed that you guys do that. Like everywhere I've gone, the doors are open. You guys just like, Cold weather? What's up with you guys? We have all the jackets for it, so we have to show it off. <laughs> I spent Christmas with Cameron's family, uh, who are now my in-laws. Fascinating. It's a super funny concept, because before, they were just her family. Now they're my 
in-laws immediately. Just hanging out with them. And I love them. I love hanging out with them. Uh, but we spent, we actually got sort of stuck in Chicago, so we spent a bunch of time at their house because we had, we were stuck there. And uh, it's so funny to be a person who is in a new family who is their family but is also, like, not their family in this funny, indescribable way of just, like, being in this house where I'm like, why are the doorknobs turning that way? That's not how it goes. <laughs> we do not put shoes there. <laughs> why are your shoes here? Like, it's a neutral thing. There's nothing but, like, no, that's not where they go. Let's not put them there. But it is nice because uh, I'm a... a a divorced kid, like my parents were divorced. So it was really nice to spend Christmas in one place. <laughs> like, I'd have to go anywhere. Are there any kids that had divorced parents their childhood? Yes. I mean, good Lord, was it fascinating to just spend 24 hours in the same house on December 25th. <laughs> so when I was a kid, it was like, uh, God, I just have to get shuffled back and forth between two parents' houses, and, like, each one was calling the other one, like, she better get over here. She's not getting nothing. And, like, just, like, hostage negotiations, but I'm also the hostage, and the ransom is for me. I don't understand. (laughs) So that was nice. (laughs) My parents have been divorced my whole life, like, the whole time. I was born in August of 1982, and they were divorced in September of 1982. I like to think I had a little hand in that. But just like a little tiny baby hand. It's like real small. I'm also an only child, and for Christmas, weirdly, I would get a lot of board games. Yeah. Like, I would get all these toys, like a My Pal 2 and My Pet Monster and My Buddy, but then just a bunch of board games, as though my family completely forgot what was going on for me. (laughs) I think my... Here's my top three worst board games for being an only child. Number three, Hungry Hungry Hippos. I win. (laughs) Number two is Twister. (laughs) I win again. And my number one worst board game for being an only child is Don't Wake Daddy because he doesn't live here anymore. That one's a twofer, sort of a. But my runner-up is Clue. Because it was me. Right here. With whatever this is. That's my runner-up. Did you guys also have a fun New Year's? At all? Yeah? Okay, tepid response again. Like, we don't like holidays in San Francisco. I used to love New Year's. I still love it, but uh, about three years ago, I realized I had to give up drinking. Silence. That's my favorite response. <laughs> Whenever I tell a crowd that, they're like, Ooh, what is this? What are we doing here? Do we have to quit drinking? What's going on? <laughs> you guys don't have to quit drinking. Just I have to quit drinking. I like going to parties. 
people were like, hey, can I get you something to drink? And I'm like, no, I'm okay. And they're like, am I okay? I don't want, <laughs> that's not an option, is it? What? <laughs> but I just realized uh, that, you know, I, I had to quit drinking because I, I got it all done. I did it all up top. I started drinking when I was 12 years old. That's because I'm from a, a small town called the wrong side of the tracks. And River Phoenix and Stand By Me was my spirit animal at the time. So I had a little something to prove, you know? The first time I drank, I had two Colt 45 40s. Yes. I chugged them both, one after another. And then I smashed them both up against a brick wall. What I'm trying to say is they don't just give you this jacket. Yes. You have to earn it. <laughs> and I did. But it is true, like, when you, when you cut out, like, a vice or an addiction out of your life, you know, like, things, uh, everything changes. Like, I felt like food tasted better. I could smell, things, smells were stronger. I could hear better. Like, all these things. But, you know, no sense was more heightened than my sense of superiority. <laughs> Just, like, way above everybody else. But I do drink non-alcoholic beer every now and then, which I think is so funny. It's called non-alcoholic beer. Because if I was a non-alcoholic, I could have a beer. So it's very funny to me that it's called that. But I think that my, my absolute favorite part of drinking non-alcoholic beer is blowing the dust off the cap. <laughs> Just the whole experience. Thanks, you guys. You want to keep this show rolling? We have such an awesome show. This next comic is a friend of the show. He has a podcast called We'll See You in Hell, which you can find on Fangoria.com. And he also wrote on uh, Wet Hot American Summer that was on Netflix over the summer. So please keep it going for Joe DeRosa, you guys. Give it up for Rhea, please. And Cameron, who's not here at the moment, but give it up for Cameron, too. Uh, good to see you, San Francisco. Good to be back. Who saw Star Wars? And uh, who thought it was awesome? Yeah. Um, I've been waiting for this moment for about 10 years. Uh, I couldn't wait for the new Star Wars to come out for two reasons. For one, that, that I, I knew it would be awesome. And two, uh, for people like you to like Star Wars again. Uh, because you're just like all my fucking too cool for school, shitty East LA hipster friends. They're like, oh, Star Wars, it's like cool again. Fuck you. It was always cool, okay? <laughs> Fuck you. It was always cool. I never left. I deserve this movie, not you. I defended the prequels. You know what it was like defending the prequels at a party in the 90s? It was like being a Holocaust denier. People were like, dude, you had too much to drink. You gotta go. You're talking real crazy right now. People turned on Star Wars instantly as soon as they didn't like Phantom Menace. Uh, uh, Phantom Menace, worst movie I ever saw. Worst movie you ever saw? 
There were five Twilight movies. Five. <laughs> Phantom Menace is the worst. Paulie Shore's entire fucking catalog. Phantom Menace was the worst movie. Police Academies Part 2 through who fucking even knows. <laughs> Phantom Menace is the worst. And here's what I'm really happy about. Star Wars just took the fucking uh, the mantle from uh, Avatar. I'm so happy about that. Because everyone is like, oh, Avatar, awesome movie. Let me tell you about Avatar, okay? Uh, Avatar sucked a big blue dick. That movie fucking sucks. But nobody realized it sucks because James Cameron sucks. He sucks. James Cameron doesn't make good movies. He makes shit all the time, so when you see his shit, you're like, that's pretty good. No, it's shit. And don't fucking say Terminator 2. Don't. Don't. Because some assholes are always like, Terminator... Fuck you, Terminator 2. Let me tell you about Terminator 2. What's your favorite part of that movie? The end, when Linda Hamilton gives a soliloquy about how she learned how to be more human from a robot... Like it's an episode of Reading Rainbow. Get the fuck out of my face and kill somebody. That's what I'm watching this movie for. George Lucas sucks. So everybody starts, everybody turned on George Lucas. It really, oh. He gave you Indiana Jones. He gave you Indiana Jones, you fucking ingrates. Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is the worst movie I ever saw. Indiana Jones 4, worst movie. That's not even the worst movie Harrison Ford's ever been in. Firewall. Six days and seven nights. Regarding Henry. Hollywood homicide. The one on the plane. The other one on the plane. All the ones on the planes. Yes. Um, you were talking about Star Wars. Yes. I'm yes. obsessed with it. I have a Star Wars tattoo now. I think I have seen this before. Is it? What is it? It's, it's a Death Star. Yes. On the back of my arm. Yes. But it's from the original Star Wars video game. From yes. The arcades. Yes, I have seen this. So everybody's always like, is it not done? And I'm like, no, it's done. It's a vector graphic. <laughs> it's totally done. But I fear that I'm moving into dangerous Star Wars fandom territory, like becoming like almost Trekkie level. I mean, like what's going to happen? You're going to lose friends? I mean, I just feel like you're a, you're a comic. There's no level of fandom that could be dangerous. It's Everybody's I, fucking crazy and into weird shit, and then... I have a tattoo Doesn't it. talk about it. I have an autographed picture hanging up on one of my walls. Of who? Of Alec Guinness Great. and George Lucas, but Alec Guinness signed it. I have Star Wars toys displayed in my house. Apartment. I mean, as long as women are still willing to have... Some sort of sexual encounter with me. I don't. Is that care. a thing? I don't think it's a thing anymore. It used to definitely be a I thing. I just feel like. How old are you? Thirty-four. You're thirty-four. You're old enough to remember that that was a thing. I'm thirty-eight, but that was a thing. But that I was have there was no a time. frame of context. I have no fr- not frame. That's that's not a phrase. I have no frame of reference because I was never interested in dudes, and right. even the dudes that I dated were like. Generally athletic dudes, but also like dudes with diverse interests and women dating another woman. It's like they're the same roles do not apply. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I don't think they apply anymore to male-female things either. Because now, like, well, being... That just seems like such a crazy reason not to do something. Well, Because you see a it's, toy. It stems... It's crazy. It stems from back when nerdy was, like, actually nerdy. You know what I mean? When nerdy was, like, like, a weird thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so what's going to happen? You're going to end up in the basement in a hole? Or, like, you just don't think this person is good enough for you? Well, nothing will happen now. It's totally fine now. I'm just like, am I going to be that person who, like, lives in the Star Wars house? I mean, it sounds like you have three Star Wars things. So I feel like you've got so much further to go. Yeah. I mean, and I've been to your apartment before, and I don't know if you're in the same place, but... Uh, there were other things in the apartment as well. I think there what would make me things. nervous is if you had sold all of your other furniture and then you walk into the apartment, it's just action figures. One. You're already shirtless showing off your <laughs> tattoo. Like, you go to the bathroom, come out shirtless, and you're just... You flip on the lights, it's just Star Wars and action figures. I'll tell you what I bought one night, because um, I was drunk uh, at a party. I went on Etsy... I think it was Etsy. It might have been eBay. I don't remember. But I was... We had had quite a few drinks at this point at the party. And I went online and I spent, on a credit card, $750 to buy a life-size replica of Han Solo frozen in carbonite from Ed- I mean that's insane that's insane and the next morning I woke up and I was like what did I do and I returned it I canceled it in time <laughs> that I didn't spend the money but I actually made that purchase and a girl actually liked me well do you like, know that's when I liked you was when I when you did that do you know what's the only problem with that purchase what is that you at this point in your life are not financially solvent enough to wake up the next morning and be like, I've actually got that. I've got that in spades. Like I have, like, that's not a big deal to me financially. If it was $7,500, maybe, but seven fifty, no big yeah. deal. I mean, it's, you know, so I just feel like we still have goals. You and I as comics can still move forward. We can still make more money. We can still be more famous I, and, I and then get Star Wars stuff given to us. For I free. don't think this is gauche for either of us to say, I think either of us, if we put $750 on a credit card could survive Oh, yeah, yeah. The charge. 100%. I, I'm just looking for it to be pennies. You know what I'm just I'm just looking for that time when I'm like, wait, where did I put that 750? You know, like where I just I, can't remember yeah, which pants I know. it's in. I just, I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> and I just moved and I moved into, I had a two, I had a two bedroom place and I moved into a one bedroom because I was like, this is stupid. I don't need two bedrooms. I live alone. And now I'm like, thank God I didn't fucking buy that Han Solo thing. Where the fuck would I even put it right now? In bed next to you every night. I mean, would there be anything cooler than it displayed in my bedroom with a lone spotlight illuminating it from the ceiling? Yes. Like I had caught him myself? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, there would have been so many cooler things than that. I mean, I am. I have toys in my apartment. I fucking love toys. I love collectibles. But if you're asking me, would there have been anything cooler? I mean, Tons of fucking things. You, <laughs> Tons of fucking things. You freaked out. I feel like you can relate to this, though, because you. Fre- I was with you and Rhea at Meltdown. Comics. Oh yeah. When you guys bought those little alien. Uh, oh my god, I loved it. Yeah, because I always called them dolls. They're not really. Yeah. That's not really the right term. What are those? Those things? little vinyls. Yeah, we got little vinyl figures. And you got Ripley, and yeah. you. I was freaking out. You're totally right. <laughs> you, you fucking lost it. I was so happy because it was one of the like mystery boxes, so you don't know what's in there, and you know, of course, you want it to be Sigourney Weaver, right. and then when you actually get it, that. But that's also like not only did I want the toy, but it's like a signifier about. How the rest of your 
year is going to go. You know, when you're already kind of like, I agree. oh, I mean, as if things could get any better than this. <laughs> it's a shame you got it at the end of the year. It was like in like late November. Yeah, it is a shame. But, uh, it is a shame. Well, there's only three in my in my book. There's only three to get in the alien spectrum or universe. Rather, you get Rip Ripley. You get the alien, yes. or you get little Paul Reiser, <laughs> which I would enjoy. Oh, I need to leave. I need oh. to go take Todd off stage. All right. You're wonderful to talk to, and I forgot that I had to do that. It's yeah, fine. thank you. Bye. That was great. Keep it going for Joe. Keep it going for Joe. He is hilarious. He did a great job. It is sometimes uncomfortable to figure out how to put my body close to a gentleman who's been showing me the way in which he holds his own penis. <laughs> that's like, I, that is, that happens to, I feel like that's like 90% of the job of a female comic. It's like figure out how to be fine with that. He called his friend and they talked about jerking off. <laughs> I have the wrong friends. That is what I call it, though, if I'm talking about it. Jerking off. I think it's important that women call it that. It's just a political stance that I've taken. I really believe in it. I'm not kidding. Like, I can't wait for Hillary to be our president so I can, like, go ahead and have a really long conversation with her about how important that is. What a sweet little crown. Got so quiet when I said the word Hillary. You can laugh your heads off at the concept of masturbation, but just the word Hillary. Don't you give me a thumbs down. I, oh, okay. Oh, a lot of Bernie Sanders fans can't even hear the fucking word Hillary. She has given her lives to you people. You cannot hear her name. You cannot hear her name. Go fuck yourself. You can't hear her name. You can't hear her name. Do you know how fucking anti-feminist that is? I have to say, you can disagree with her policies, but do not boo her fucking name. It is, it is, because that is part of the reason why people hate her so much. That is the reason people hate her so much. Shitty people have run for president before. And nobody was like, don't you? In liberal San Francisco, don't you fucking say the name of that Democrat. <laughs> that is how much even women hate women. In San Francisco, I cannot say the word Hillary. Oh, God. I'm sorry I yelled at you. I agree with my point. I got fired up. <laughs> yeah. Just cause like it doesn't go both ways. There's not like a, there's not like people that go woo hearing Hillary, except that was the one person. And then also people that go woo hearing Bernie. And I just feel like there should be like, you don't all know all of Bernie's record and, like, political... I don't believe that about you. 
I, even San Francisco, like I know you're into like which sourdough bread is happening and like tech shit. I know that's the stuff that you guys care about. Pot. Being, yeah. You don't think Hillary would light up with you? Come on. No, she would pass you a fucking huge one. Like, I'm sure. Pot is, that's happening. That's gonna happen, right? It's gonna be legalized nationwide, 100%. Have no, no, I have no doubt in my mind that that's gonna happen nationwide. And I don't care how you feel about it. Like, if you're into it, Rad, if you're not into the idea that it's going to be legalized, no problem. I like when I say the word pot and then a couple people clap because that's a cool indication of where those people are at. But it's also funny for all the other people that don't clap because that could go two ways, right? Like that's either a person who's like, who just clapped? Do I work with them? Drug test them. Or that's somebody who's so into pot that they're like, wait, what? Did she say, why are you making a noise? I'm thinking about pot also because, uh, oh, a cool thing happened. I'm in some films that are going to be in Sundance this year, so I'm going to go. Yay! I'm going to go to Park City, Utah, which is like a teeny ski town, right? It's a teeny ski town. And the last time I was in a teeny ski town is when I had an experience that let me know that we need to talk more honestly with each other about how to deal with legalized marijuana. (laughs) Like, because we are not nailing it. We're not nailing it. I was in Telluride, Colorado, the same week that pot was legalized in Colorado. And I landed, and first of all, you guys, just to tell you a little bit about what a size town Telluride is, like a teeny little sleepy ski town, the name of their newspaper is The Daily Planet. (laughs) And they don't know that's the name of any other thing. That's how cute and isolated they are. They've never heard of Superman. I was just standing in front of the newspaper, like, taking my glasses off and on, just like... Nothing? Nothing on this? You don't know. You've never... Nothing? Okay. Now, the cover of the Telluride Daily Planet, the day that I landed, was this... It was, it was splashed, just a splashed headline that said, Seniors OD on pot! epidemic so I was like I will be reading this newspaper I grabbed one I started to read the article this is what was going on in Telluride Telluride a lot of retirees live up there people in their 60s and 70s were going to dispensaries and they had never eaten or smoked pot before and they were getting a pot brownie and then they were eating the whole brownie and then they were getting so high that they had to go to the hospital but Telluride's such a small town there isn't a 24-hour hospital there's like a clinic that you go to if you ski into a tree or if you are a horse it's the same place just like one hut And there's not a full-time staff of doctors there. There's, like, one doctor who lives on top of a mountain, has, like, a rotary phone. You're like, what'd you say? And then, like, she gets on a toboggan with, like, a leather bag. I'm off! You know, and, like, just only has, like, a rusty bear trap. That's her only tool. Yeah, it's a female doctor. I told you, I'm fucking feminist. (laughs) That guy likes it. (laughs) 
thinking about this, right? Just imagining like this little this little hut full of seniors and the one doctor, and you know, medically, there's nothing you can do if somebody's too high. There's nothing you can do. You know this. You said, yes, I know. <laughs> Has this happened? Has something happened to you? Yeah, medically, together, Did some, separately. It was your weed and her. Yeah, what, did ha- what happened? She ate? Eight doses? You ate a whole brownie that was eight doses worth. And what what did what had to happen? Where did you have to what did you have to do? <laughs> you just stayed in bed. He told you you were not gonna die. How long have you guys been together? Year and a half. Year and a half. When did this happen in the cycle of the like a year in, you were like, you're not gonna die. You have had eight amounts of pot. You're a fucking doctor. That's exactly what a doctor would do. You should stay together. You're adorable. You seem to love each other. And that's great advice. Also, she's a badass. She came out right on the other side. Just like, I mean, how, how many amounts had you had? Like one. Did you leave her alone with the brownie? Did you tell her any? Did you give her any instructions? It was a gift. You gave her the brownie. You were in a different room. You came back. Oh no! Yeah, I mean, I get what happened. Straight up, I don't mean to solve your problems, but next time, as you're handing the brownie, say, not at once! Because actually, like, I get this. This is what I'm talking about. Pot being legalized is totally new because we don't know. You have no idea how much is in each thing and then different strains or different strengths. Like, you, there's no way to... I mean, alcohol has been legal for so long, we generally know how much it affects. Like, we know how much beer we can drink before we go to work, and we know <laughs> it's going to affect us. And pot, pot, even like... And you might have had the same size brownie, like that, and it could have been made by somebody who made, like, one brownie, one dose, right? Or you can have that same brownie, and it's just, like, universes of pot folding in like a string theory of marijuana. In the, it could be the same size. There's no way to tell. Absolutely. No, I hear you. That's, that's just what was happening. Right. That's all you can do. Little teeny cookie. Yeah, well, number one, I think you got to fucking expand your cookies. That's too small for eight doses, my friend. Medical. What... <laughs> What I think was happening to those seniors is exactly what happened here. I'm serious. I feel like it was the doctor was just going like, you're okay, you're all right, you're okay, you're all right, you're all right. Let me ask you a question. Do you need music or no music? Like, you know, that's all you can do. As a doctor, I would like to prescribe you two hours of adult swim. Like, that's all you can do. Nothing else you can do. So I was laughing to myself, thinking about these adorable seniors, and then later that night I was at a show, and I was in a show that was in an opera house with the second floor balcony. So this balcony, two times as high as that. It's a high balcony in an opera house. And I was on stage for about five minutes when I heard somebody yell out, He jumped! <laughs> Which is like the worst thing that you can hear when you're on stage as a comic, because number one, like I'm a person, I care about people, I don't want somebody to be hurt or injured. Number two, I'm an arrogant asshole. I don't want someone to have, I mean, there was a part of me that was like, wait, how badly was this going? You know, like that, that, 
five minutes into my set, somebody was like, I can't take it! You know, like, it's just not the review that you want in the Telluride Daily Planet. So I stopped the show and I had them turn on the lights and then that's when I found out what had happened. There was a gentleman in the middle seat, middle row. He's about 18, 19 years old. He never smoked or eaten pot in his life. He'd gotten a whole brownie from a dispensary. He'd eaten the entire thing. He'd gone to a stand-up comedy show. I was the last comic performing. During my show, he got all the way high and he knew he needed to leave, but he could no longer remember how to do that. So he came up with a plan, but it was not foolproof. He stood up on his chair, and then he jumped two rows forward and landed on the head of a woman he did not know. And it was that woman's friend who had yelled, he jumped! And listen, I get it. Nobody's ever sitting there and then expecting to be hit from behind by a full man. Like, I understand why the friend had such a reaction, but I would just say to you guys, if this ever happens, maybe a better thing to say if you're in a venue with a balcony is, uh, he propelled himself forward, but remains at the same level, because it would be so much less scary for me to hear it delivered that way. This young gentleman, he was so high, he couldn't even get down. He was just stuck up there like turtling and we had to call the police and the police called an ambulance and EMTs came and they brought a backboard and they strapped him down and they carried him out of there. And the whole time he was being carried out of there, he was yelling one sentence again and again and I still, to this day, do not believe what he was yelling even though this happened several years ago because what he was saying was, I am Saddam Hussein! He was so high that he could not remember whether he was a hated and deceased dictator or Saddam Hussein is alive. He lives in Telluride. He's had drastic facial plastic surgery. He's pretty into stand-up comedy. Those are the options. <laughs> so here's a tip. Here's a tip. If you guys, I want to st- keep you guys safe. If you would like to eat a brownie, a full brownie, if you would like to eat a brownie, go to the store, like a bakery, a grocery store, get a regular brownie. If you want to get high, you take an edible, it's just like one little pinch, wait 45 minutes, and maybe you can up your dose, I don't know how you live your life. Or you could take the edible, kind of take it in your hand, take that edible, take the pot brownie, kind of crunch it up, kind of swirl it up, and then sprinkle it down the middle of a regular brownie, then roll that up. It's an edible joint, and that's a fun arts and crafts project. (laughs) But I have thought about that young man in Telluride so many times, because not only did he have to be arrested, but, like, his mom had to be called. (laughs) Fuck. His mom had to be called. I like, I've thought so many times I've wondered how that conversation went. I hope, I hope that the police were like, ma'am, I'm so sorry to tell you, but your son has gone Hussein. That's what I want. That's the world I want to live in. 
Amazing. You guys, we have one final comic. I also just want to take a minute right now and applaud this table right here because I just saw something happen that I have never fucking seen in all my years as a comic, which is that you were texting under the table. Of course I can see you doing it. I didn't want to fuck up my punchline. I was going to yell at you later. I like when people hold it lower, but like the light goes, you guys realize it looks like you're telling a spooky story at a sleepover. But I would like to, you guys are my next, you, I love you as a couple, I also love you because you turned to him and kind of like punched him a little bit and said, put your fucking phone away. And I would like to applaud that audience member. Yes. Nobody has ever done that. You are the only one who has ever done that. And I'm so proud of you. You are a hero among heroes. And guys, please, we're so excited that this next comic is here. Uh, amazing comic out of New York. And he's got a couple other shows here at Cobbs over the weekend. So please come back and see him as, as often as you can. Let's hear it right now from Mr. Todd Barry. Give it up for Todd. Just tell me what the chapel is. Oh, it's a place where I did... Uh one of the shows from my crowd work tour mm -hmm. Netflix thing did you see that? no I haven't watched your Ooh, shit awkward yeah it's pretty rough I mean I know what it is you do? I sure do Tom I'm, I'm like aware of all of your happenings but you're aware of the titles of things I've done I'm aware of the titles of things you've done <laughs> do you tell me do you watch comedy? I uh I don't watch comedy and that's like I just don't I watch action movies or I watch I'm, very, I'm I not watch, drawn like, towards Fargo I'm, I'm, yeah I'm drawn towards documentary and drama. Yeah, it's work. Comedy is work. What? I didn't watch Making a Murder. I burned out a few, sometimes as many as four in one night. Yeah. Is that fucking true? Well, I, got, I wanted to get through before everyone started talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I sit up till like yeah. four in the morning. I mean, you, yeah. at some point I you feel like, you, yeah, you feel Absolutely. like, oh, this is, this is like a job that I've given myself. <laughs> but it was pretty gripping. Yes. I mean, also an insane examination of poverty and I feel like not that many people are talking about that. About the poverty? Yeah, just like that if you don't ha if you can't afford the best I legal know. representation, you're fucked and, you know. Anyway. I think it's also because it shows just how complex how there's always more, there can be a lot more to yeah. the, what, you just hear, oh this guy did this, you go, oh yeah. Right. But then again, man I think he might have done it. I mean it's like very hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. It's like very hard to tell. Having said all that, yeah. I <laughs> What are you on right now what's happening for you I mean, um, I'm writing a book I'm like like a tour diary how is that going it's hard I'm writing it. a book and it's the worst thing I've ever done I know you gotta fucking kick yourself every day you gotta go you gotta do something cause someone you got the book deal and all yeah. that yeah yeah me too ten million dollars but the um right I mean mine's less than that so you are a better comic well cool yeah yeah uh, the, the thing that I find is difficult about it is that I'm used to some amount of feedback just like anything right, right, to make right. me go as as fuel and right. you want it, you want the solitary right. endeavor is insane. And we're used to like hard laughs and you yeah. just write something and you're like, is this just is everything boring? And right, yes. Everything's just boring. I know, I've never felt What's your book about? It's autobiographical essays. So it's kinda like I mean maybe it's a little bit like what you're talking about, but it's not specifically about stand up. It's more about it's kind of focused around the time I was coming out when I was nineteen. Yeah. But like not really like a coming out story because it doesn't have just one theme. Um, I'm selling it hard right now. I mean, you're you going to buy this fucking I'm book, right? Sounds, sounds great. You get the Kindle edition. So you're working on a book, which is very hard work. What yeah. else is going on? Are you touring a lot? Or are I'm you touring a lot, New York? Because especially because I'm writing a book about the tour that I uh, 
that you're currently on? Like, it's are you writing it as you go, or you're not writing by the well, past? That was the plan. Was like, yeah, uh, goes, I'd do a show, then I'd write about it the next morning at nine a.m. You know, or whatever. And then you're like, oh, just write a few notes. And a <laughs> guy up front said something stupid. I'll, I'll make that into some amazing thing. So, did you sell that book based on your crowd work tour? Because there no. must be some linkage between you saying like, this is something that I do in comedy is that I comment as it's going on. Oh, right, like that's, I mean, you, because you, you did that crowd work tour where you're like in the moment and then that's generating the material. Yeah, which I Which is do, a lot like writing a book. Yeah, I didn't do any actual material in that crowd work spot. When you watch it, you'll, you'll see. I can't about. wait to be blown away. When you get, when you and Rhea watch it tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're going, we're not going to go to the after within, party because we're going back to watch her. If, <laughs> when you watch it in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we're done with this interview. Lock the doors. <laughs> but um, what, what was your question? How did I get the book to you? Oh, no, I just mean it seems like a theme then that you make art about the art that you're making. Like you, oh, wow. you're making it in the moment, right? So you went out on stage with no material. That's not yeah. that different than writing a book the day after about the show the night yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I see what you're saying. But uh, yeah, I just hope it's funny. I think it's going to be funny. You're pretty funny, dude. Thank you. Maybe it's just so many words, you know? Like, they, they want 70,000 words. Yeah, that's insane, right? Is that what they said to I, you? Yeah, my, yeah it's like, they're like 60 to 80, but more like 70. Yeah, it's my editor. There's only like seven tweets now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's true with that, dude. That's, that's quite a... I, I think that something I've been doing that seems to be helping that is that I, sometimes I read stuff out loud. Well, Colin Quinn, my friend, he goes... Try, he goes, you should do it on stage. Yeah. And I just, it, it doesn't, I, I can't go to a comedy club and read. I guess I could go to a different kind of like space. UCB. Yeah, a different kind of space and just read yeah. some of it. But I mean, I think it's a good idea because it definitely, you write differently when, I mean, I don't know how you write your jokes, but I, I don't sit there and type them out. No. And and there's times I've had to do a transcript for like a TV show and like, do yeah. a transcript to your act and you're like I didn't I don't even know how to punctuate this right, shit exactly like dashes and, right 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 you know, I think a semicolon or I realize right, right. I say the same word again yeah yeah again you, you repeat things like, yeah exactly furious with myself so I, I want to get more of that so I kind of want to loosen it up a little bit so I'm just write it in telegraph stop <laughs> <laughs> just write the word stop somebody told me to get dictation software I was thinking I, again I just can't I don't know if I can I think that might be built well you can do it on your phone probably yeah, that's true. But I just mean, I don't know if I can speak. That but seems it's like... it's pretty nice because, like, especially if you're taking notes on something, and, you're, and if you're lazy, like me, maybe most comics are, you're like, I don't want to fucking write a sentence out. And you're like... And then you're like, okay, yeah, close enough. Right. That's the book. Just hand them your phone. The book's on here. I spoke it all. Well, good luck. that. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be one of the biggest books in the country. I think so. Of all time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be Moby Dick and World Tom Barry's Thanks, Doc. Thanks. Guys, Todd Barry, one more time for Todd. One more time for Todd. I love that hotel bit so, so much. That was so fun to hear, Todd. That's my favorite. Tell it. Yeah, it's like such a, Jesus fucking Christ. You know what's fun sometimes as a comic is to watch somebody do a bit that you really fucking love. Not for you guys, though. <laughs> no. It was also fun for you. What a great show that was. Such overall, an awesome right? show, right? That's what I thought. Yeah, it was a super fun show. And 
I also want to acknowledge that I know that Scott Thompson was originally announced as being on the show. He got food poisoning. I think he's going to be available and around for the rest of the festival. So I'm also, obviously, we're all huge fans of his. So go find him at other places. Ask him, like, which end. <laughs> it was. Don't ask him that. But um, Don't do that yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. But let's hear it for everybody you saw tonight, you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming out. Now, we are usually at the UCB Theater in Los Angeles every Tuesday night at 8. So if you're ever visiting L.A., please come and see us there or you can listen to the podcast from right here in your homes in San Francisco. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm Rhea Butcher. Thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Put your hands together, get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together, get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.